You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. Up, up, and away. Ned wins, everybody. (laughs) Ned wins. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a co-production of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives studios and the Weirdos Workshop. This is Mark McRae signing off. All right. Well, goddamn podcast history right there. Um, this is either going to be one thick ass episode or maybe, maybe two episodes. I was going to parter. I was going to suggest, and I don't know, it might have to be some fancy editing, but maybe it's always fancy editing, Mark. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I make jokes. I move the conversation along and I do the editing. Otherwise, I don't know what the hell any of you are talking about. I, I, I was going to suggest, like, maybe instead of part one, part two, maybe parts of it goes on best Saturday. Saturdays and other parts, if it doesn't sound too disjointed, goes on Thunder Talk. That's an idea, Ned. If you're cool with lending yeah. your IP to Thunder Talk, totally. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I yeah. love you. I love yeah, you. Yeah. Well, now you're saying the starts to say some curse words. We have to put on Thunder Talk. Holy now. shit! Yeah. <laughs> yep. There we go. <laughs> yeah. fuck, fuck shit. Goddamn ass butt. Ass butt. <laughs> yeah, this is not this is not Thunder Talk material for sure. No regrets. The money consoles me. We finna take over. No more makeup shit. You know my crew been doing it since the 80s, bitch. We run this shit, make them bow down. King and shit. The talk. So how is everyone? How How is life? How, how, how are things? You survived Halloween? You know, you didn't get the morbidus, like... Another level of Beatus after Halloween, yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah. No, I was disappointed. That was good. That was good. You know, thank you. Thankfully, when I was rating my kids' candy bags, somebody put like just a fuck ton of grilled chicken with uh, like a light lime cilantro ranch. So, um, you know, depending on how long you were you were trick or treating, that'd be kind of disgusting, really. No, but yeah, yeah. I have to go out. <laughs> I have to go out and buy like forty dollars worth of sugar free candy. So when I reach into my kids' bags, I pull out some old sugar free bullshit, but tell myself, "Hey, this is a crackle." <laughs> <laughs> and plus, since it's sugar free, you have to eat it carefully so you don't get the shits. Uh, well, you know, I'm well beyond that. My body has totally s- scoffed <laughs> at that for years. Those jelly bellies. If you look at sugar-free jelly bellies, there's a disclaimer on the back that says, hey, eat one quarter of a serving size. And a bag is like, I don't know, fucking seven servings. It says, do that and then hold up because butt drama. Really? It, yeah. it says butt drama? It's straight up. Yeah, go check oh, it out. Oh, yeah. A jelly belly, man. They'll shit you straight. I mean, they're weighing to Ronald Reagan, but they're also into, like, butt drama honesty. <laughs> yeah, I remember plowing through an entire bag the first time, and I was I was tooting. But then after that, no. Nah. But, you know, I mean, no no worse do. than a night, you know, after drinking and hitting up the Taco Bell, right? Oh, I would say not even close. 
Not even close. Yeah. No, actually, my, my, my colon is almost like an artificial star. It's like a Kardashev 4 <laughs> civilization <laughs> shit going on. You, in you there. know. No pun intended. I really want the name of this episode to be Butt Drama now. Butt Drama? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, don't drama. Me, brother. Don't tell wow. me. Tonight, we have editor, producer, over at Adult Swim, Ned Hastings. Hello. Hey, Ned. Glad to be here. How you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm doing good. Excellent. Excellent. We are so glad to have you. I'm excited. Ned, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Adult Swim? Okay. Uh, well, I first and foremost am an editor. We have a sort of a strange production technique there where we create... Uh, we get the audio first and the script and we create a radio play first. And then over that, we put, we start putting picture, which is basically photoshops and freeze frames and create kind of a moving storyboard, an animated storyboard, an animatic. Right. And then we make all of our changes and our rewrites and our re-edits and things like that in that realm in Final Cut Pro, uh, or now Premiere Pro. And then we hand it off to the animators. So the reason I'm also a producer is because, generally speaking, I'm working by myself. I'm making decisions in terms of two shots, one shot, three shot, wide shot, narrow, you know, when do we cut, you know, when do we reveal certain things. And I'm also building the radio play. So that's what I do. And I originally worked for Space Ghost, and then I worked for Aqua Teen Hunger Force for the run of that show. And I worked on the first season of Squidbillies and then would jump in and out of it occasionally while I was working on Aqua Teen. And then when Aqua Teen was canceled, I moved over to Squidbillies full time. Okay. And right now I'm working on another Aqua Teen movie. Ooh, oh, hey. So, wow, everybody. You heard it here first. Maybe. Wow. Probably not. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Are they going to have a fake premiere on the Cartoon Network like they did last time? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That was that was. That was funny, though. That was our April Fool's Day joke. It was brilliant. I was watching the yeah. first, like, wait, are they actually showing it? And I see them shrink it to the very smallest pixel. And they go, oh, you brilliant. <laughs> and no audio. Just the whole movie. You know, one of my uh, five biggest regrets in this life was uh, going to see Aquatine Hunger Force, standing in line to get the tickets right in front of my wife and I, was a group of like five or six 14-year-olds. And the ticket booth was like, no, no, you can't have tickets. You're not old enough. That's amazing. And I, I should have stepped in and been like, no, nah, I'm their cool Uncle Dan. There you go. I'm their parent. Let him in. I didn't do that. For a second, I thought you were going to say your regret was seeing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put that on the mic, dude. Come on. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite squid, I remember it was, it had to have been like March, April of 2005. I was watching Adult Swim Sunday night, midnight, and on the schedule was, it was Aqua Teen, you know, uh, something. C-Lab, Squidbillies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, check it out. Squidbillies hadn't premiered yet. And they busted out. It wasn't on schedule. Fucking animatic, dude. A full, a full 15 minute long animatic. And I think I remember the animation. It, it was at one level. That was and then me. after a few. I did Holy that. shit. Oh, wow. That really happened. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't I, air that, but I made that animatic. That was the, holy pilot, that was the first episode. And I, I edited that. Um, we started working on the first Aqua Teen movie and we had four editors working on it. They gave it all to Jay 
And then they said, okay, we've got a new script for squids. Let's see if this works. And I cut okay. that and that ended up becoming the first episode. So yeah, that I forgot that they did that, but that they animatic. They did that shit. It was, it was a fucking animatic, dude. It was and a, that would have come straight out of my computer, basically. Oh to, my God. To the air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I did like four, I did like five out of the first six episodes of, of Squidbillies. Like, wow. As, if not the audio and video, at least just the audio. And then, you know, we, we brought in some new guys to work on the video and stuff that are still around. Um, so yeah, I forgot that they did that. Like, yeah, I wasn't sure if I, you know, had some bad mescaline or something. But <laughs> thank you for Speaking of movies, we actually, we went to Flick's Brewhouse, which is like one of those places you go in, they serve you beer and food and all that kind of place. But we saw Dune. Okay. And we loved it. Oh, okay. I, mean, I was hoping you'd say Eternals because Adam and I saw that. Yeah. I saw Dune no. as well. I really like that too. Oh, cool. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll about it. We'll probably go. I'm going to go <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> you don't have to fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, so I will say that uh, we'll probably go see Eternals next Wednesday because, you know, that's it's too close to like a major, you know, if you go see it that the weekend after it opened, it's still pretty busy. So if you go like that next week on a Wednesday or something like that, and you know, you slide on into the movie theater and then you can order your sixty dollars worth of food and drinks kind of thing. That's how it's done. Yeah. It's but done. I also don't know how busy Eternals would be. Oh I don't know. I generally well, I couldn't mean, tell you. <laughs> I saw it I, on I, a, I couldn't tell you anymore, obviously. We saw Saturday Matinee at a local theater called the Camelot. I'm gonna shout them out. They're like a privately owned one shot deal. The Saturday matinee, maybe 20 people in the THX Ultra um, Theater. And do you think that it was it was like because of COVID still? Or do you just think that people haven't returned to the cinema yet? Or the movie? You hear, there's another variable. Or the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah there is another variable. Well, sexy, why don't you take us into the Eternals? I don't think there's really a problem with people coming back because COVID anymore. Otherwise, there would have been another wave of delays and it's major theater chains would have shut down again. Nobody gives a shit out here. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit anymore. But yeah, m- mostly because Eternals reviews were mixed. And if I have my information correct, this is the first MCU movie to get a rotten, I want to say, on Rotten Tomatoes. Last wow. I checked, the uh, audience score was like in the 80s or something, maybe. But the critics score was in the high 40s and falling. Yeah, but fuck the critics. The critics, you know, a lot of times. I used to fuck a critic. And Did you? They, yeah. Uh, they were very critical. <laughs> Let's just. Uh... <laughs> sure. They're like, oh, you need to do it here, you know, right there. It mainly had to do with like the length of the feature in in a lot of ways in in both substance and content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I okay, they don't know this but I almost regurgitated so much bourbon right there. I was mid <laughs> I was mid drink. I'd owe you like six bucks for that shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the length of the feature. Jeez. Uh, I thought Eternals was boring and convoluted. 
Oh! Now, I'm a brat. That's really not... You uh, are. I mean... Nobody gives a shit if I think something... You are so opinionated on so many things. I am saying it, though. <laughs> yeah. I am I, putting that out. I thought there. Eternals was good, but also kind of lacking. Now, this guy is, we've established, a nympho for this Marvel shit. <laughs> I'm a <Yeah>. slut. <laughs> this guy's a fucking nympho. He's he's at the teat of Marvel. This, where, where it's like I have guilt, I have like I reflect and shit. This guy's like, no, I take that Marvel proudly. I seek that Marvel. I seek that Marvel five at a time. Fucking, I don't apologize to anybody. I don't have an issue. The lengthier, the better. I mean, a hundred and fifty-seven minutes. Hundred and fifty-seven minutes. So there is there going to be a second one? Like, did did the end of it like leave opening for there needs to be more Eternals? Um, uh, yes. Yes. And then some. Uh, okay. then the post credit stuff were more characters that we can't relate to or haven't had a chance to relate to yet. Marvel really doubled down on new. Interesting. Yeah. Like there was no cameo from, uh, Captain Marvel, Thor, Anybody. any familiar face. They talked about it. They kind of dick rode that stuff. Just a little bit. Yeah, like, why did y'all show up to help any of the huge battles that threatened Earth? That's another know? source of convolution. You know. A minor source of convolution, actually. Should we give spoilers? You guys don't want spoilers. You don't uh, no, see we don't. I mean, right? we're, we're going to go see it. Um, okay. I, but, you know, we're not immune to the socials, right? So we, we've seen some of the ratings and stuff like that. But we enjoy a movie. And, you know, we we enjoy going to the, the theater and, and having a good time, you know. I don't usually uh, get an old-fashioned at this theater anymore because it's like the worst old-fashioned you've ever had, and it's $14. Oh, shit. And you're like, $14 for a terror. Like, I can go get a really nice one from the lobby bar, for right? For like $10. Ten, $10 to 12 bucks, right. And it's like... Top shelf, really good. You know, you're like, oh man, this thing's great. Fourteen dollars at this movie theater for this, you know, old fashioned, and I just wanted to punch myself in the face for ordering it. What's but, in an old fashioned again? Um, it's pretty simple. Go. You were about to say, Ben. Oh, I don't know the ingredients of an old fashioned on the oh. top of my head. <laughs> alcohol. It's got <laughs> liquor. Alcohol. Yeah, it, it's it, like a lot of is alcohol. It, and good is it bourbon stuff. or whiskey, honey? It's usually like a wine, a, a rye, whiskey, or bourbon. You know, take your pick. Um, and then it's like bitters, Anagosta, or however you say it well it's some bitters uh they they muddle some like a cherry in there frequently and they have like an orange you know like they have and so like all the flavor flavors go together well and, and okay i just googled it old the old-fashioned is a cocktail made by muddling sugar with bitters and water adding whiskey or less commonly brandy and garnishing with orange slice or zest and a cocktail cherry muddling with I like that. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. You like Muddling. grind it up, you know, you, you grind it all up kind of. Right. But it's delicious if done right and they did not do it right. This movie theater <laughs> fucks it up and charges you extra. Yes. I mean, I think we walked out of that uh, for that dinner was like 80 bucks. <laughs> it was... My daddy says ESO Network is the best podcast network, but I don't know because I don't listen to my dad. 
Is that how that goes? (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I love it. Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. Hey, you know, I I will tell you, when I started at Cartoon Network, one of the first things I learned was that in order to win ratings, you really need a balanced boys and girls audience. If you skew too heavy on the boy side, you're going to lose a lot of viewers or even the opposite. That's always been like a challenge to, you know, how do you keep the boys and girls watching and bring in the ratings? So, yeah, I mean, if Superman looks a little more beautiful and more appealing, you know, maybe some of the girls tune in to watch as well. Yeah. I remember uh, Stan Lee joked about that Iron Man originally had the biggest female readership of all his comics. Wow. The ladies like Tony Stark. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was more of a sociopath. Batman's more of a psychopath. So they're both millionaire, well, playboy, gadget guys. But uh, That almost sounds like something Stan would just say because, you know, <laughs> we write him so well that women are falling in love with him. Yeah, right. Excelsior. Well, some of that, we also when you mentioned, granted this is off topic, we mentioned that because he had a heart problem, they said, oh, we can mother him too and take care of him. <laughs> And, of course, we'll leech off his millions as well. So <laughs> That's the same kind of logic uh, that led to Betty Crocker. The first year that the Instant Cake came out, it sold terribly. And they hired this guy named Bernays, who was Freud's uh, nephew-in-law or something. And he said, uh, would adding an egg to the recipe mess it up? And they're like, no, but we're not going to put an egg in the box. And they're like, no, no, that's fine. Tell them to add the egg. Boom. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm a guy and Freud's my uncle eggs ladies make the connection and hey you know a year later i mean instant cake man you know wow that's crazy that's crazy you know i had a very interesting adult beverage at a grill marks at the mall on sunday oh wow it was uh jack daniels and pepsi with a scoop of vanilla ice cream huh that sounds dangerous Dangerously like a, delicious. A Jack Daniels, you know, float of some type, you know. Jack and Pepsi float. Yeah, like I love a good Jack and Coke. I never thought Jack and Pepsi would be all right, but it was, especially with ice cream. It seems very creamy, very creamy with like hard liquor. You know, the only type of like, you know, I'll do a, a white Russian on occasion, but I can't have more than a couple white Russians because that's going to lead to mistakes and regrets by the end of the night. Yeah. You know, like I'd rather if I'm I'm going to drink that kind of stuff, just just stick with just the Kahlua, right? Oh, and just you mean you may just, as well just stick with the Everclear. Not, uh, <laughs> dairy and alcohol is not it for me. Dairy and alcohol, not for me. If you guys like it, cool. Have your white Russians. Not for me. My mom used to make this. Uh, she'd make batches of Kahlua. And of batches. course, it was like batches. batches. Because like 
you know, it, it'd be that time of year, Bashes. right? It's, Kal- it's Kahlua bashing season. <laughs> I'm feeling it in my bones. The weather's changing. It's Kahlua. Kahlua season. So, um, obviously, she she put all you know the coffee and stuff. She put it into pantyhose. She'd use pantyhose. Sure, it's filtered. And, and she, yeah, yeah. What? And it, yes, like that's like a thing. And then, of course, it was like a giant bottle of Everclear. You know, and I think like one bottle of Everclear would make four, maybe five bottles of Kahlua. Damn. You know, and then she would give those out as High like octane Kahlua. Yeah, <laughs> she she would give those. You know, because like we were living in Alaska, and people, you know, we don't oh, shit. people be going skiing, right? I mean, you, you know, you're like, already on like a four thousand calorie a day <laughs> diet just to stay healthy yeah. and regular. Eating all that seal blubber, going out for a whale hunt, nothing but a canoe. Nothing better than caffeine and alcohol. You know, you combine those two and you're having a good time. Or a terrible time, you know, so. Kavika, ask your your important question. I I don't remember my important question. Oh, that's right. We're supposed to open the show with an important question. About Christmas music. Oh shit! Yeah. Ooh. Is is now is now too early for Christmas music? I mean, is d- now too early for leprosy uh, <laughs> therapy? I mean, yeah. I mean, is just, it ever just too, uh, too early? Follow your soul. My personal opinion is: listen to Christmas music whenever you want. If that's your jam, if, if. that's your thing. Listen to it. You know, if it's your not not your thing, don't. You say that usually followed after a very specific, occasional snarky <laughs> opinion. But you are the voice. You are the part of Thunder Talk that says, "Hey, man, we love and respect you. Do whatever you want to do." Well, also, and it's, I want to thank I, I love and respect you for that. I get annoyed. <laughs> I get yeah. annoyed when people try to gatekeep shit like that. It's not hurting yeah. anyone. Now, if you're forcing people, if you're like forcing it down their throats and they're like, please don't do that. And you're like, fuck you. That, that's not <laughs> that's not cool. Like, like working as an assistant manager at the FYE in the uh, Northridge <laughs> Mall, the, by circa 2002 and November 1st, <laughs> the Christmas music comes on. Um, I mean, I was already dead inside, so... <laughs> So, what's yeah, a little Mariah Carey? When you work retail and you have to hear it all the time, it, it can burn you out. But also, when I was working retail, we were usually so busy that I was only catching like bits and pieces of yeah. the Christmas music. I would, I would just tune it out. I'd never even hear it anymore. You know, like it, it would be playing at volume seven of ten and i'd just be like in the zone couldn't hear it over like the beeps and boops of the register or you know and you know in my five and a half years at academy i never once could tune it out it always started the day after halloween and kept going and i absorbed every second of it because i was not that involved in the moment i was just (laughs) hoping i could get off early enough to go grab a few beers at alehouse that's just real. You know, I'm such a fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That I liked the Christmas music because the shit they would play the other 10 months of the year, this top billboard, it wasn't even top bill because I, I can get into some pop tones like Kesha, but most of the shit they'd play most of the year. I was like, I can't relate to this. I'm not going to hate it. 
but I don't like it. So when the Christmas music came around, yeah, you had your Josh Grobins, but at least he would be doing the cover of something that's like, oh, goddamn, well, I never really thought Jingle Bells was that deep till this Vente Latte fucking singer-songwriter came on. Yeah, every hour the music would reset, but one of them was Bing Crosby and David Bowie doing that really weird version of yeah. Drummer Boy. Yeah. So it's like, at least I I knew the music. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to make a revelatory confession here on the Thunder Airwaves, but I really fucking love Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Hey, me too. That's it. I said it. Yes. Me too. (laughs) Yes. And when I leave here tonight, I'm going to have it on repeat all the way back home. You do that. You do that proudly. Yeah. Gosh, one of our friends just said a really interesting thing. Uh, He wants uh, Billie Eilish... Uh, to do an All I Want for Christmas is You. Well, no, he wants he wants Billie Eilish to do a Christmas album. Number one, he wants a Billie Eilish Christmas album. And then I don't think he said that he wanted her to do All I Want for Christmas is You, but he wanted like a Billie Eilish Christmas song that could be that popular. Hmm. I don't know. You'd ha- it'd have to remake a certain song. But that's the thing is like, all I want for Christmas is you was a Mariah Carey original. So he wants like a Billie Eilish original to become like a popular Christmas hit the way all I want for Christmas is you is. Billie could probably pull it off with the right with the right song. I mean, yeah, she's got a great voice. She's got, she's got an amazing great, voice. Yeah, she's got an amazing voice. But what would the song be? Like, what would a Billie Eilish Christmas album be? It'd be full of angst and emo-ness of somehow, but, you know, like, with hope, you know, because it's Christmas. So it would start off all angsty, emo-y, and then, you know, be like, oh, but hope. I keep forgetting what fucking character he played on Hamilton. What? Oh, man. Uh, That's, uh... What? Who played on Hamilton? Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, I don't know. We need to watch Hamilton, honey. It's we on do. Disney Plus. We need to watch it. So, just in case you don't know, you were cutting in and out there, Adam, and we lost Dan. And oh you know. yeah, I don't know how Dan just told me to keep <laughs> rolling, and uh, and then yeah. he just left, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I don't know how much you heard, but I said I love them Michael Bublé covers of Christmas songs. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So remember, I liked it so much. I was listening to his Christmas uh, album in May of one year. It was probably like 2015, 2016. I was just sitting there. I was just like, fuck it. I want to listen to some Michael Bublé. <laughs> Yeah, if it makes you happy, just just do what makes you happy. If it's not hurting anyone else. Yeah. I play Halloween music year-round anyway, so fuck it, yeah. go wild. Just to me, it seems like people have been more vocal the last few years about like, it's too early for Christmas music or this, that, and the other. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, and you know, I get all the Halloween stuff starting in August because by because you mid, can. mid to late October. <laughs> yeah, that. And also because from mid to late October, all that shit's pretty much run out anyway. I mean, nobody's been able to get Oktoberfest anywhere. So that's why I start in August because it's going to run out before October. <laughs> yeah. 
especially after, you know, having to live through lockdown and stuff. It's like, if it gives people joy, just let them have it. Let them have it. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters anyway. A pandemic could start tomorrow. Exactly. (laughs) I I recently picked up a Superman book. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... They didn't say it was an imaginary story. So Superman marries this woman, and it turns out that she's a witch. And <laughs> they, she she gets pregnant. That old trope. Oh. Right. And they have a baby. And the baby, and I'm pretty sure this story was influenced by Rosemary's baby. But anyway, <laughs> they have a kid, and the kid, of course, is super evil, or so you think. But what I, I love about the issue is that it's drawn by Kurt Swan, and it's inked by uh, Murphy Anderson. And oh, nice. it is like one of the best looking Supermans I've ever seen <laughs> from the 70s. And I don't know if Murphy Anderson was th- was his regular inker or not. But I'm just like, wow. I said, Superman almost looks sexy in this story. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But they never acknowledge that it's an imaginary story. And then you find out later that the kid didn't do any of these bad things. You find out later that he had a, a identical twin that was in another dimension that was influencing this kid to <laughs> be evil. So who was and the witch? They just somebody that Clark Kent was dating. Oh, so funny. And so there's this really cool scene where he reveals to her, well, I'm Superman. And then all of a sudden her outfit changes. He goes, well, I'm a witch. And then they fly to the, um, the fortress of solitude and Superman's putting in all these calculations to see what Kryptonian DNA versus magical DNA <laughs> would do. And, you know, the woman dies, you know, the wife dies in childbirth. Oh, okay. So he ends up being, Superman becomes a single dad. To a Kryptonian witch. Right. The interesting thing is, you don't ever see, like, who this kid is with Clark Kent. You just see that the kid is doing bad things and Superman has to rescue people because of what the kid does. (laughs) You don't ever, you know, like, like, what are their home, what what is their home life like, you know? Right. So does Clark Kent and his civilian identity now all of a sudden adopted a kid? Right. And Lois Lane does not appear in the book at all. Oh, my God. That's crazy. This is in the 70s. And I think that DC was sort of going away, you know, because by this point, Marvel was beating DC. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that someone decided, you know what, let's do an imaginary tale. Right. But let's not call it an imaginary tale. But it was it was a really good story. It was a really good story. It does seem like when they when they relaunched the title Superman in the seventies that they went off in some weird directions with him because in that when he became like a TV anchor instead of just a reporter right. and oh yeah and Lois kind of wasn't around as much but Lana was around more and right um, yeah that was their attempt to update the character but then the, when the movie came out the producers like wait he's a Newspaper reporter, put everything back. So it's like they have to revert everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like how uh, the Simpsons, how they have like PDAs and stuff now. I can't relate. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the character is ageless, but their their function within whatever time that they're trying to sell them in. Right. Clark Kent would probably have a podcast right now. 
Right. Yeah. And, and you know what he would do knowing the, the kind of player he was back when he was a semi absent father. You know, you hear about dudes that have like a family and then like another family, <laughs> you know, Charles Geralt. Oh my God. Dude, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, good, good. What was this show? Uh, Sunday mornings, um, um, Sunday morning and on the road, on the road, the on the road, Charles Geralt. Yeah. He was on the road. or. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Kent would have a podcast. Clark Kent and Superman together would have a podcast because he wouldn't have to give up his identity. He would just switch mics. He would use his super ventriloquism to throw it to the other mic. Super ventriloquism. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) One of his lesser known tertiary powers. He uses it in a cartoon at one point. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'll use my super ventriloquism. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You forget how overpowered Superman became during those Kurt, Kurt Swan years, because at one point they mentioned he could read lips on distant planets. Like, <laughs> I remember him having total. The first time I ever heard the term "total recall" was by the '80s. Superman had that; he could read something and have it memorized like immediately. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, and he has photographic memory. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, exactly. You know, Superman yeah. were real. Uh, the human gene pool would collapse within a century <laughs> because none of us would stand a chance. <laughs> oh, I think the funniest thing I, I saw him do, uh, uh, Lois Lane finally breaks up with him and she moves to another city, quits the Daily Planet. Of course, none of these things would last. So he sends right. a letter to her using his super navigation. And I'm just like, dude, just put the letter in the mailbox. <laughs> super navigation just seems like a huge waste of time. Put a super postcard. Put a, put a stamp on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I remember the TV show one time. They had an episode where he was in jail or Clark was in jail. And I guess Clark was in jail and he couldn't bust out because then they would know he was Superman or something. And he splits into two people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. I mean, I must have been eight years old yeah. when I saw this, and it's still in my head. Like, what? Yeah. No, you can't do that. They did that in the yeah. comic book, too, one time. Did they? Superman has one power, uh, fueled by our yellow sun, and that is the power of plot device. <laughs> 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 well, you see, he has split up a couple Con- of times. Overly convenient plot device. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, well, even the... the Superman 2, he had the saran wrap shield all of a sudden. Like, what was... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, let's not forget Superman 3, where he uh, becomes a bastard, gets drunk, and then fights himself. <laughs> That's the Superman I can relate to. Doesn't Superman 2 also one of the Kryptonians, uh, Zod, or one of the ones, like, laser points at somebody and lifts them from a, from a distance? Yeah. 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 I'm in the theater going... <laughs> Please. <laughs> <Yeah>. So fake. <laughs> yeah. No, you've bought into the whole thing. Lock, stock, and barrel up to that point. <laughs> that's when, that's when they lost me. They lost me <laughs> with that one. Yeah. I didn't even notice the saran wrap. I was already chugged out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. The saran wrap thing is bizarre. So strange. Thunder Talk exclusive. fa 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 <laughs> you know, I've always kind of thought of John Rasmussen as the fifth Beatle here on Thunder Talk. John has probably always thought of me as just some fucking guy who asks him to help legitimize the show's music angle. John, how you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, you gave me a ro- uh, you gave me a ride up to that that concert that one time. Hey, you know? so you, you know, you're more than just you're more than just that. 
Well, thank you're you. Also, yeah, you're also a, a, an inexpensive Uber. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you gave me a ticket, so whatever the there cost of that was. Uh, who I've been meaning to have on for over a year now is one of my favorite local Greenville performers. I'm proud to live in the same town as them. Jay, uh, from the also from the Antitypical Podcast, otherwise known as Ven Perp. I didn't realize you were just talking about me right there. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that. Is there going to be somebody else on the show? Jay's like, like wow. who's, the, who's the special guest? Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know there was going to be a surprise. It's yet. you, friend. It's, it's me? you. It's what? you. You win. Oh, my goodness. I'm honored. Thank you very much. Oh, love you. Love you, everybody. Uh, look in the show notes. You're going to find all of Ven Perp's info to get to that music. Some podcasts, like Thunder Talk, interview musical guests. Some musicians do interviews on podcasts. These musicians right here decided to start a podcast that was musically focused so they can podcast, among other things, about their music. I mean, who the, who, who the fuck do you all think you are? <laughs> Nobody. Oh, <laughs> What kind of meta, oh what kind of meta shit is this? What antitypical is the podcast? Everyone, antitypical is the band. Antitypical is is the life that they're 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 peddling right now. The entire name of the podcast is antitypical. The podcast nobody asked for about a band no one knows. We know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> We're fully aware. Are you sure though? Are you sure about that? <laughs> More or less, at least for today. Well, we know we know one we know no one asked for it, so that that part remains true. And that's so. too damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and we 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 thought you know the, you, when you when you discover a new band and you get into it and you, and you kind of dig through the old you know we you used to dig through the old magazine articles and stuff like that yeah. to find out what they were about, and we just figure we would just go ahead and give you a, a little five episodes of some bootleg shit that you can just go listen to and, and listen to what we think about ourselves and, and what we're getting into. Um, see, that's that self-deprecating shit. That's that self-deprecating shit that we love <laughs> on Thunder Talk. In reality, one of your uh, focuses was hometown music. Yeah. Not just Greenville itself, Greenville, South Carolina, upstate. What, what? But the the idea of hometown music, of local music. That's been low-key a passion of mine for a while there. Like, I used to do a podcast about music around this area and just underground music in general because I'm, I'm a massive music nerd. Like, uh, once I'm done making music, which will probably be never, but uh, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, parlaying this whole music career thing into like a needle talk type position because i love listening to music it's it's what i do like um i have a saying at my house sundays are for rick james because like, <laughs> i listen to rick james almost every sunday morning while nice. i'm making breakfast for the family like i just i i don't care if your demo is bad i want to hear it i'm i am one of those rare weirdos who actually kept the demo tape that i got in the parking lot after seeing the the big band you know because people used to do yeah, that right, right um i'm i'm a music nerd like i i get into this stuff and um part of the reason why i'm enjoying this project so much currently 
is that uh, we're kind of embracing the the nostalgia aspect of it. We're we're not trying to lie about our age. We're not trying to be anything that we aren't. We're telling people it's like, yeah, you could you could imagine this on a Blade soundtrack. It's like we're. We're going, hey, do you like these 90s bands? Like, we know, <laughs> we know what we're doing. We're not, we're no spring chickens in this thing, as they say, right. as no one says, but people <laughs> yes. used to say probably. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, th- this, this is going to be something for the music nerds to really sink their teeth into. And if your special interest as a neurodivergent or on the spectrum or however you like to look at it person if your special interest or one of them just so happens to be music then god you're gonna love this band yeah like (laughs) and the whole project everything else that comes with it because we're literally just starting right right we don't even know what we're about to do next except for a few things that we've already planned out i mean we've got two we've got two two eps in the can pretty much um and the 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 sound changes completely uh from one EP to the next. The the first one's very very mid nineties industrial and the second one is um goth. Not? Yeah, it's it's more it's goth. more goth, but it's but, freaking goth as far but, as I'm concerned. <laughs> but but the but the single is not. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, right, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I mean, true. we're we're gonna hit y'all with a with a freaking banger for the single for the second one, but it somehow fits in with these other two just melodic goth tracks and yeah uh well if you can cap that trilogy with some really hot euro synth wave then <laughs> i'll be i'll be i'll be good yeah i mean the third Let's one's still in the it. works it's it's up in the air as to what the third Slavic one ends up being. Base, perhaps? Oh, shit. <laughs> yep 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 jay knows what time it is jay knows exactly what time it is but definitely not prog never prog <laughs> Yeah, I don't have the patience to make seven-minute songs, so it's, no, it's no. not going to be anything like that. <laughs> if we make if we make a seven-minute song, it's because we 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 made two songs that fit together and stitched them, you know, That's, after the fact. That sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right for sure. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with making an epic. Don't want to don't want right. to piss off any bands that we might be playing with in the future <laughs> with like ten minute songs. Because there's a time and a place for everything, including breaking out your leather trench coat and hitting it with the armor all white, <laughs> making sure it's real shiny, so you can, so you can go to the club. The vampire club, yep, yep. and and you can and you can check out uh, Antitypical live. You know, get out your your frameless shades with without the arms. Yeah, yeah, get mm-hmm. your Orpheus yeah. shades out and, and and come and see us for for these first few. We videos. all know we in the Matrix. Just embrace it. <laughs> Antitypical, everybody. The first single. Hey, by the way, are we are we playing that tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's streaming wow. everywhere. Go ahead and play it. Excellent. I excellent. mean, you bought it. You can play it. This is expressed. <laughs> look written out! Permission. Look out! How you look out! How you say that? Because next, you will have done our opening theme and sent us to Hollywood. But I mean, the Fifth Beetle Man. We don't have a ticket for you. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, you bought this particular track. You, you got ripped off it. by Big that- Thunder, dude. Look out! <laughs> <laughs> uh this you you were talking about 90s industrial rock and i'd love that just industrial misery shit that's that's my jam i would say it's not necessarily in the vein of that 90s grind but 
It's a progression. You're doing something new. I mean, I hit you up. I was just like, dude, this is one of the best things I've ever heard you be a part of. And we very much appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You tell everyone about, I I just told you all how much you're going to love it. Now tell us, tell (laughs) us, give us the behind the scenes. Jay, Jay, Jay sent me a, a bunch of beats and, um, and I just kind of went through them and, and wrote some words that went along with it. Um, this one, okay. Quantum addiction. It's kind of a, a it's a nineties industrial dance take on every breath you take, but with a theoretical physics tilt to it. Right. <laughs> And believe it or not, that is 100% accurate. That is is very accurate. I could not think of a better way to describe the song. That's it. Right, right. If anyone else is doing this shit, point them in our direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Super group. It's the... It's it's the 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 thing in 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 quantum physics where nothing actually happens um without an observer. Uh right. so basically right. the 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 narrator of the song sets them up as the observer of this other person and 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 so there there's you know um I I I I observe you so that lets you be um is is one of the lines. Right. Uh and so but at at a certain point they become uncertain if they are the one observing or if the other person is observing them. So it becomes this quantum addiction where they have to, they feel like they have to be perceived in in order to make sure that they exist and also perceive the other person to make sure that they exist. (laughs) God, dude, that's that sideways double down shit that we, we just love you for John. (laughs) God damn. That's that's so fucking rad. That's so fucking rad. We're going to be cranking that out in a second. Antitypical. Where can we find you all out there on the internet? Antitypical. You can find us on, we are currently on Instagram and Facebook. Um, You can find our music on Bandcamp uh, and any of the streamers, Spotify, um, Amazon, Apple, all of them. And as far as my previous projects, um, you can find uh, Revelator everywhere as well. What about Solo Side Project, though? You, you can find Solo Side Project in the same places, uh, which is uh, it, it's a Solo Side Project I did um, using my Nintendo Switch to make the music and just putting vocals on top of that. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Pretty rad ass. Everybody go check that out. Uh, your new friend and mine, Ven Perp, coming to the show soon. Jay, where you at? I I am all over the place. You can Google Vin Perp and it will it will pop up. Full disclosure, I am I am not active on uh Facebook or Meta or whatever it's called now. Right. Um I, I'm I'm not active there. I encourage everyone to follow me on TikTok. Uh just search Vin Perp. I, I chose that name for multi for a multitude of reasons. One uh is because it's very easy to find. Uh, I am the only Vin Perp. Um, so, yeah, you are. uh, follow me on TikTok, follow me on Instagram. I'm somewhat ac- active on there, but I post pretty much daily, multiple times a day on TikTok. And I'm almost, almost able to go live. Uh, once a hundred, about a hundred more people follow me, I can go live and I'm going to do, I'm going to start doing music every Friday night live on TikTok. 
And um, follow me on Spotify, uh, vinperp.bandcamp.com. Somebody just bought my whole discography on Bandcamp, so shout out to whoever that is. If you just happen to be listening to this, I appreciate it a lot. You're probably um, talking to him. It, it's probably Dan. He does that. Hey, I appreciate hey. it. It means a lot oh, to me. Dude, you um, earned it. You earned it. Yeah, no, dude. It, it, it means a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> no, thanks necessary. Me. I appreciate it a whole lot. No, everyone, right now, right now, Fen Perp's entire discography is on sale on Bandcamp. Go check that out. Best goddamn bargain in town. Ridic- <laughs> ridiculous investment. I'm trying to give people as much bang for their buck as possible, and I'm not making just music. Like I'm, I'm trying to inspire critical thinking and really just make make an impact in any kind of way, no matter how nuanced. Like I, I want to change the way people think. That's basically it. And, and Venper is short for venture in perpetuity, which basically means just keep going onward and upward. Fucking a, dude. All right, everybody, the time has come. Your anti-typical quantum addiction.
what will you do when your child asks? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. In Mother Russia, ESO Network's you, commercial. I messed that up. Shit. Hashtag try again, Dan. Hello there. I can see you have great taste in podcasts. Keep your discerning streak going with the Soul Forge podcast. No topic is off limits on the Soul Forge. We talk about life, toys, dating, geekiness, love, nerdiness, sex and dating, TV, movies, and just about anything you can think of. Check out the Soul Forge podcast. Soulforgepodcast.com and wherever you find your podcasts. We're everywhere. By the way, I'm triple vax now. Oh, yeah. you got your booster. Wow, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, and the symptoms were milder on my end than the first two times. Just to put that on record, because before I got the booster, I heard that a lot of side effects were, like, to some degree worse than the first two times, but that wasn't the case on my end. Huh, I hadn't heard that, but who knows? Different different people is is different. Yeah, exactly. I I went through all of Dragon Con, got tested right afterwards, and still came up negative with COVID. So I must be doing all the things right, I guess. Good job. GG's gold star for you. For all our listeners out there in Radioland, the sound you just heard was a bottle cap being popped off the last Oktoberfest on Earth that Dan was saving to give to Adam as a Thanksgiving miracle. Oh, my God. Oh, I was... Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Look at that. It's, He's going to cry. That doesn't sound like yeah. I'm accurately, like, accurately crying. It's Christmas <laughs> in November. It's a Christmas in November. It's I've, a it's an Oktoberfest, right? Samuel Adams? Yep. The last one that I brought to Dan's, like, two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> like i told you these things like were you couldn't find them anywhere by early october i'm not even sure if i bought this in early october it might have been late september well that's how uh, all the supply chain is right now so we have actually already started buying our hanukkah and christmas gifts and we're trying to get ahead of the curve. So, you know, we're, well, I'm sure we will still have some like last minute shopping kind of to do a couple extra random gifts or little trinkets or something like that or stocking stuffers. But, you know, for any kind of big item or anything like that, we're, we're just go ahead and get it right now. Well, also yeah. Hanukkah starts like November 29th or something. Hanukkah's yeah. getting kind of an early start this year. So. We had to start shopping. And you really have to because I saw this firsthand being at uh, Spirit Halloween. But, you know, by the time we were days away from Halloween, I mean, Spirit Halloween was pretty much out of all of the good stuff. Like if you came to a Spirit Halloween looking for something specific, chances are it was already gone. Like if you're just generally browsing and you're just like, oh, I'll pick up whatever for this Halloween party. I'll go to whatever. 
Yeah, sure. You you got the stuff, but all the good, specific, most in high demand stuff was already gone by October 15th. So, I mean, that applies to Halloween, Christmas, any holiday, but you got to get on it early. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on what you actually want if there's something you specifically want. Well, kind of speaking on that and on, you know, concerts, I feel like now that we're in the like, people don't give a shit anymore mode of the pandemic and people are just out in the world living their lives like COVID doesn't exist. I feel like now they're like extra hungry for having a normal Halloween or having a normal concert or going to concerts when maybe people in the past wouldn't have gone because they're so like hungry for things to be normal. Because Kavika and I went to three concerts this fall. The first one we went to wasn't too bad. It wasn't super crowded. But also when they initially sold tickets, they weren't requiring like a negative COVID test or uh, vaccinations. But then like a couple weeks before, they said that they were going to require that. So I feel like people dropped out. But the other shows were pretty upfront about that. And the other two shows were just so crowded, insanely crowded, insanely crowded. Like I wanted to murder some 20 year olds i so you know we're at this concert we're in front of the sound stage and they just keep like you know we're in front of the sound booth sound booth and and like you know i'm pretty good about maintaining my space around me and then i give really good like i'm gonna fuck you up looks so people don't get too much in my face but beth is much more timid and it's not that i'm timid a lot of times people do that trick where they act like they're passing through and so you're like oh you're passing through and then they just stop and that's what these girls did to us they kind of acted like they were passing through and that they wanted it closer and then they just stopped and then they stayed there yeah so well she's she's the type of person that when somebody's coming up i block the path and she gets out of the way of the path. If I through. think they're leaving, <laughs> if I think they're leaving, I'll get out of the way because I'm like, yes, please, please leave and go away and let us enjoy our show. Yeah, but you know, that particular concert, there were a lot of younger people, and younger people, you know, they don't care about being on top of each other as much. You know, they'll. I feel like the older a person is, the more like, yeah. hey, yeah, you know. <laughs> Clearly, because demonstrated by the Travis Scott. <laughs> yes, I mean, like they, they, they want to, they want to be all up in the mix, and I, you know, we just want to hear sound good kind of thing, and then you know, we watched probably half the concert a little bit more, and then we just got tired of it, and then we went upstairs to the elevated area, and it was a much nicer time, you know, like oh look, look at all this room I now have, and. um the last concert we saw, the Lord Huron. Lord term. Huron. It, 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 it was the best one by far because, one, it was a whole bit, you know, he, he's kind of got like this hipster vibe. So it's mostly, I don't know, 30s, 40s somethings were the largest demographic. You know, of course, there's older and younger people in there. But, you know, people it, were much more respectful of your yes, space. And, you know, everybody was just there to, ha- you know, kind of mingle and just chill. And, you know, they weren't like trying to mosh everywhere. There were some, you know, hard charging younglings at the 
oh, Mark uh, Ruble concert. Yeah, but that Lord Huron concert, that's the most crowded concert we've been to at Jones Assembly. Oh, yeah, for sure. There there was a lot of people and, you know, they did check our vaccine status. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just like what you're saying. Like, I feel like people are ready to get back to their lives and they're at a threshold unless... Unless people just start dropping dead in the street, like literally in front of them, then they are not going to stop living their lives now. They've been cooped up for a year and a half, you know, kind of thing. And they're just like, well, I'm going to do what the fuck I want. (laughs) Yeah. And Hollywood's not really delaying anything because of COVID anymore. I mean, I know Marvel Studios just strangely delayed a good bit of their movies, starting with Doctor Strange 2 and the Marvels and Black Panther 2 and all that for some strange reason. But yeah, everybody else is keeping to it normal. And it's just been almost surreal seeing all these movies that I've seen delayed over and over again finally come out like Black Widow, Quiet Place 2, No Time to Die dune well hollywood has has money though for regular covid testing and things like that like some of the podcasts i listen to like nicole Byer, she was working on making a sitcom and then she and her friend are both in it and they were like yeah getting swabbed every day (laughs) (laughs) yeah because they have those rapid tests you know like it only takes like 15 20 minutes yeah results you know so they're like (laughs) Getting that yeah. that good old nose to brain swap. <laughs> <laughs> like here, I think like all the major wrestling companies that never stopped, not even for a week during the pandemic. To also when The Walking Dead was filming again fairly early on, and they did everything with daily tests and constant masking unless they were shooting and everything. Yeah. Well, so, even if you're shooting like. If you had your set crew and people that were in the film, you could probably isolate pretty well. Like if you had like a film studio or an area, you know, you just put your trailers, you require everybody to stay at certain places. You have the food brought in, you know, you could probably isolate pretty good in in that situation. Yeah, if you have the the space and I mean... In Hollywood, if you have the money to throw at it, which depending on what they're making, if they're making some kind of MCU movie, they probably have the money to throw at it to isolate people like that. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I did see uh, on Disney Plus, they are, you know, since we're talking about movies and Marvel and stuff like that, they're going to release all the IMAX versions of like Black Widow and Doctor Strange and stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, like whenever you're watching your your TV, your widescreen TV, and there's bars at the top and the bottom. Well, that will pretty much there'll be just a sliver at the top and the bottom. You know, so it'll fill up your whole screen. That'll be kind of cool. I'm down. Yeah, me too. Supergirl is the powers of Superman was not as popular. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the idea. So that could have been it, too. It's like, well, we have Superman. And no cellophane. <laughs> no cellophane. Yeah. No cellophane, no splint. No no reading lips from another planet with her. No, she could do that. Oh, oh my gosh. Could, oh, oh, I'm getting confused with super navigation. <laughs> oh, well, no, she did not have that. Not going there. Well, no, Supergirl also, during the Sakoski run, Supergirl had super ESP. And what I loved about that was the very next issue – 
everyone wrote in and says, Supergirl does not have ESP. That dude made so many mistakes with that character. She got exposed to gold kryptonite. And so, you know, the deal with gold kryptonite is, is worse than green kryptonite because it takes the Kryptonian's powers away permanently. There's like no coming back from that. And a guy named Bob Rosakis. Who- and, then, and then she learned karate and became a detective for a year. Until everybody realized, no, that's no. not selling comics. Give her back her Greek mythology. Oh, my gosh. That's good to Bob Rosakis. Yeah. He was a avid writer to the letter pages. And he became a, a DC employee. Ask the answer, man. The answer, man. He became a DC employee later. And how he got his job is pretty amazing because... Back then, people actually answered their own phones. and um, But anyway, he sort of got the writer out of the situation by saying that the gold kryptonite was some mutant form of gold kryptonite. And that's why it didn't permanently take Supergirl's powers away. Answer solved. <laughs> uh, like, okay. I mean, that's the way I'd play it. That's how I'd do it. Mm-hmm. My, my cleanest memory of Supergirl is the film that came out, 1984, mm-hmm. 85. It was a space oh, comedy. No. Uh, hey, P- Peter O'Toole, man. Yeah. Great casting. Terrible movie. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, thank you. Faye Dunaway. Um, yep. And Brenda Vaccaro. Don't forget Brenda Vaccaro. Because, I, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Brenda. Thank, thank you for reminding me. You're leaving out the best in life. <laughs> I still have a question to Helen Slater. She's great. And she's great in the movie. It's a terrible movie, but she's great in it. That's the worst movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, but no, nobody, nobody was. Yeah. Everybody did a great job in a bad movie. Yeah. I often wonder if they made changes or edits to that movie because one of the things I remember about that Supergirl movie, that was the first time that you ever heard of a, a major theatrical movie being pirated and yeah, bootlegged. right. Oh. That was like the big thing with that movie. Right. I remember Entertainment Tonight talking about the fact that the Supergirl movie had been bootlegged and you see like the subtitles on the bottom of it. Oh. And I always wondered if, if, if Warner Brothers decided to make some last minute edits so that the bootleg copy that got released would be different than the American version. I don't know. But, you know, editing sometimes can really mess up a film, too, as I'm sure. <laughs> Ned, you know. I may or may not, I've seen those uh, infinite bootlegs where they have that subtitle every now and then across. Like, this is for marketing only. Right. Yeah. I had a roommate in college that's like, wait, how are you? It was a movie called uh, ah, that first Chris Tucker movie that was a big hit with uh, Charlie Sheen. Was it Money? Oh, oh I can't think of the name. Yeah. But it was like, wait, this isn't still in theaters. How do you see this? Do you see that subtitle come across the screen? Like. Uh, I don't, I didn't see this. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, I do remember the Salkins who were, of course, the producers of the original Superman movies. When they produced Supergirl, they still, they joked, we made money off that movie, even though technically it lost money because of our financial dealings. Right. Well, that's the way, that's, that's how they do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that movie, Brendan, were, were you referencing the actor that played the boyfriend? Uh, and I don't remember if either the character was an alcoholic or if the actor just kind of had them whiskey sweats. Uh, like yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I Tom? know what you're talking about now. You mentioned Man, who was the boyfriend? Oh, boy. It wasn't Ken Wall, was it? Who was that? I'm looking it up now. Didn't they do the whole, um, well, Superman's off planet, so Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they referenced Superman the way that uh, the Marvel Netflix rev- references the <laughs> Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, I was interested in the Supergirl movie how when they when they reference him that one moment they showed like a poster of him. Jerry Goldsmith yeah. worked in the John Williams theme into it. Nice. And of course, the fun fact: Jerry Goldsmith was the original composer for Superman the movie. He had to drop out for some like schedule reasoning, whatever. And John Williams got the job. Oh, that's right. Which is uh, crazy Actually, because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We uh oh. Oh, you going to get? Oh, were you done? You go ahead, no. man. You what? What happened? Oh, the floor is yours. The floor is yours. Oh, oh, no. it's getting weird, guys. It's getting weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, all I was gonna say was that I, I realized I had mic I had muted my mic uh, when I was talking about Supergirl and the Super Friends. So oh. I said, "There's an episode. It's a guest starring episode. It's the first animated appearance of Green Arrow, and the Super Friends have been captured, and I think they've been shrunk, shrunken down, and and they're like in these little cubes, and it's up to Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog." to rescue them and i'm just like good luck (laughs) they're teenagers and a dog (laughs) right with no powers there's a line that wendy says well the other super friends are on a mission in space and that line has sort of become a line in my house when you know we can't get you know we can't find someone or somebody or something is missing i said it must they must be away in a mission in space it's such a that's convenient <laughs> excuse. <laughs> Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. My book covers the big bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. I, I wonder what the Christmas movie is going to be this year. What's the one that's going to be re- released on Christmas or right Spider-Man. before Christmas? Spider-Man. 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 Okay. Do a Christmas movie, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Do, do that Holly Jolly Spider-Mans. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, you know, that's like one of the funnest movies, right? Yeah. Uh, at least uh, I always enjoy, you know, at that point in time in my life whenever... You know, I don't know what twenty years ago you you go over your parents' house and you you'd have a Christmas dinner and all that kind of stuff and you'd be like, oh yeah, that was great. Let's and everybody would you know go go off to the movies that night and it would, I don't know everybody that was always like, a good know, time. After the pumpkin <laughs> we've had pie, enough of each other. <laughs> Let's go watch a movie. I could together. do some Tobey Maguire right now. Sea <laughs> <laughs> Biscuit Two. <laughs> but you know so you know, usually we had like a star trek or you know a lord yes. of the rings or a yeah. hobbit yeah. or ever know. since the sequel trilogy came out star wars has kind of become a almost a christmas tradition except for yeah. that one time solo came out in may again whatever that's about yeah rogue one came out around christmas yeah but now all yeah. the best star wars is on disney plus i you know. know like Got streaming as a show Next like month. they have just like changed their entire model of uh releasing of their ip yeah and it, it works really well I think, I, I think for them i think a lot of that pivot is because of the last couple of star wars movies the rise of skywalker and the last Skywalker, Rise last Jedi. Jedi, yeah, the last yeah. two, the reception. They well, received. I mean, they were still super popular. Hey, Loads of people money. went. Th- yeah. They made like 
money rained from the fucking skies, oh, yeah. right? It was gross. You, you it was know, pornographic. Like, Somebody rolled around <laughs> a bunch of baby oil and like one. They Scrooge McDuck to that shit. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But the guy that did the second one was slated to do a trilogy set of films. Yep. That was Ryan unrelated Johnson. to the Ryan Johnson. That was unrelated to the whole Skywalker thing. And that quietly went away. Yeah. Obi-Wan, yeah. the Kenobi film was originally talked about as a feature. Yeah. And now it's going to be a series. And right. also, just a, a day or two ago, apparently Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movie's been delayed indefinitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Solo. Solo, eh. Man, I saw it once in the theater. <laughs> I've been able to stay awake to watch it all the way through again. So, really, yeah. I, I don't. I think that's why they pivoted to the to the cable to the small screen. Well, the I mean, yeah. like their their movies generated them enough wealth that they were able to produce a whole bunch of things for streaming. Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely. It, like you know, um, Disney Plus is really founded on all the Marvel success and all the Star Wars success and. And, you know, what's amazing to me is that, you know, the channel, TNT, it's a Warner Media thing, which is also a DC thing. They play plenty of DC movies, but they also play the fuck out of a lot of uh, Star Wars and MCU movies. And that's totally, just, totally. That's yes. just amazing. I mean, that's fine. TNT is my favorite fucking channel ever because, you know, also AEW. But whew. that's when you start getting into the weeds of distribution contracts. Because TNT has been blasting Star Wars since... Yeah, it's been years. <laughs> now, those contracts could be 10, 20-year contracts. Yes, absolutely. You know, so you know like they, no... they got the rights to, you know, to show it for 20 years, that kind of thing. Check this out. When it, before Disney acquisitioned Fox, thus acquisitioning the distribution of Star Wars, the original trilogy was split into two separate contracts. The first being for Star Wars, the, the first movie, Fox had uh, retainment of the distribution of Star Wars. And then Lucasfilm had more wiggle with Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So you'd see those two movies on cable, like HBO, Cinemax. Eventually, I remember NBC would be like, we got nothing to fucking do this Labor Day weekend Sunday, Monday, we're going to show Empire Strikes Back and the Ewok one. Whereas CBS, every year, the Saturday night before Easter, Star Wars. And that was it. And it wasn't until the 90s, Lucas was able to do some conjiggering to get all three on, like, TNT. Yeah. Spike. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as of the past year, you can see Thor Ragnarok on TNT or TBS, but also see Thor right. The Dark World on fx which is now technically owned by disney and also abc and ditto for black panther which has been seen pretty close together on both tnt and abc it's all fucking cousin fucking yep it is it is speaking of that like um (laughs) speaking of (laughs) speaking so hbo max you know it's all warner right but Mm -hmm. i think they own like uh discovery and like so discovery plot you know like they have their own streaming service they're talking about merging all of this the discovery channels so that's like the hgtvs the tlcs the history channels all that kind of stuff is all gonna for be- a second i thought you were talking about star trek discovery and i was just like oh wait could star trek discovery come to hbo max oh well, now and that then i got be- excited for a second then because uh, i don't have paramount oh. plus uh i've seen the first season of 
Discovery, but nothing past that. So Star Trek Discovery was coming on HBO Max. I was going to jump on that shit. That's just you're you're talking you're talking <laughs> crazy talk. So y'all haven't seen like that Prodigy, right? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, it's yeah, a no, kid it's show. fine. It's I, I mean, it's show. a kid show. I, I mean, like it has it clearly has Nickelodeon above it, right? Yes, it does. So, Absolutely. And it, it and so it is definitely for the intended audience, right? Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a but kid it's show. I mean, it's it's pretty. Is it it's, very digestible for a super casual Trekkie like myself? I I say yes because it's very casual. It's so casual, like it can't be any more casual. It's, it's more like it's Space like, Kids Adventure, really, than like Trekkie. I would say insert, between Space Kids Adventure and Star Wars droids. How is it? You're talking about the 1985. <laughs> <laughs> fucking droids yeah god love you dude <laughs> shit god it's been forever since i've seen droids but i remember that theme song i had god. it on vhs Sing a long trouble time again it's trouble so it's, it's something like that i can't remember all the words but it's singing like yeah yeah and droids. i remember like c3po <laughs> and r2 like you know bopping around being adventury in the theme. Adventure. Well, you you already remember theme. more than I do. So. A couple of droids just fucking <laughs> around. <laughs> now I have to look it up on YouTube. Remember us from those movies you loved. Well, hey. All right, Dan. In, insert droid music here. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking a pop around indoor. <laughs> okay, okay. I just found it. It's a minute long. Best Saturdays. We talked about droids. I could go on about droids. I can derail this whole goddamn show for the next 40 minutes <laughs> of the history of droids. I won't. The show sucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but when I was a child, I watched that shit and I, oh, I loved it. I gobbled it up. I was like, you know, when you're when your dealer like runs out or ghosts for a few months and then you find like someone else who's got some product and you're like well yeah i'm really fucking jones and they're like oh i got you and it's like oh you stole my money i'm <laughs> well, not high yeah. at all and i'm gonna keep coming back because well, now i don't know if i need it to be normal or i'm pretty sure you're ripping me off but nothing i can okay. do well, I'm going to say Prodigy is a great way to bring in younger viewers. It, you know, it, it has a very thin, like super thin line of Star Trek in, embedded in it, right? I mean, the the ship is supposed to be like based on, you know, it's a future version of Voyager or something, you know. But the thing is, it's super small. If you look at it like is. the size, it is. it's a very small ship. You know, you, you think of like how how many people are supposed to be in there and you're like man this thing has to be super tiny and um but it's adjacent it's star trek adjacent to bring in younger viewers that know nothing about star trek i mean that's are, the intention are, are you talking like so it was teen more like ewoks and droids 30 year olds <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you both beth and adam dropped gold at the same time 
Adam asking. <laughs> so no, when, uh, when you say younger viewers, do you mean thirty-year-olds? And <laughs> <laughs> Beth asking, oh. So it's more Ewoks. So it's, it's more like Ewoks <laughs> than droids. The, the other awful Star Wars Saturday morning cartoon that ran concurrently with droids. Were the e e e e Ewoks were the spirits of the forest grove. Were the e e e Ewoks. Holy shit. That show went for two fucking seasons. That opening theme only went for one though what yeah and what? hey somebody got paid for it that's all that matters somebody was sitting in their basement like man what kind of fucking song can i introduce the <laughs> ewoks to and they're like e i don't know we're just gonna e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-
the George Reeves Superman TV show over the weekend. Just purely by accident, I stumbled on it and left it on. And he winks at the camera at the end. That's a very George Reeves. Nice. They totally took that. Yeah, yeah. The whole like, yeah. maybe you're right, Lois. <laughs> uh-huh. like, oh, when he was in uh, Kent Guys, he always did that. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, George George Reeves would do it, and then the cartoon mm-hmm. did it too. Yeah, there was also a filmation cartoon where Clark Kent winks at the screen, and and right. Jimmy Olsen says, "Hey, Mister Kent, who are you winking? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yeah, for real? Yes, yes. Oh, I gotta see that's that. great. That's wonderful. That's like fifth dimensional shit right there, breaking the fifth wall. <laughs> right, the wall of irony." Yeah. <laughs> I will rewatch some episodes and I'll find the title for you guys so you can see for yourself. But it's it's so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Nice. Mark, I was going to tell you some uh, trivia that, that I remembered. And actually, you guys will probably all appreciate this. Do you guys remember those books that came out in the 70s? Well, Dan, you probably don't. Batman from the 30s to the 70s and Superman from the 30s to the 70s. They were like those big bound books. And yeah. I have that Batman book. I've had it since I was a kid. And I used to read the forward to that like over and over and over. It was written by uh, E. Nelson Bridwell. Yes, E. Nelson. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and Carmine Infantino, I think, wrote something too. Oh, yes. They talked about, and I, I'm going to go back and double check this. It's upstairs. But I think... That the first time Superman and Batman crossed over was in the Superman radio show. I think that, Bat- ooh. that oh, Batman wow. and Robin appeared. They had, I think, did they have a radio show also? Yes, I uh, think they had a radio show, and Superman, Superman had a radio show, and they had a crossover episode, and that was actually the first time that. I, in fact, I want to say that they said that basically Superman finds a injured boy on a boat, like floating down the river, and it ends up being Robin. Wow. And that's and then he meets Batman. This literally this is a memory from me when I was like ten years old, so I may be completely wrong. But I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, curious that now too. Great. But I also think all of that stuff, the look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, all that was written for the radio show. Right. And then ported over to the TV show and then ported over to the cartoon and into the yeah, larger Yes. Which I think that's fascinating. That makes complete sense. Yeah, That's, that is fascinating when you when you imagine it as purely for the audio medium. Yeah, exactly. He's not breaking a fourth wall. It's 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 almost like a second person narration. Right. Anyway, m- mind blown. I heard somebody joke recently and they say, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. And they're like. What's the first guy so excited about? It's a bird. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> oh. I, heard, I heard someone say that. I was like, oh, my God, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. The next evolutionary leap in the Thunderverse has arrived. The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? Every show. What? 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 You come up around here wetting in sexy Thor's yard like he's anything but the hammer swinging, burrito eating, mic blazing, marking out but never tapping out Lord of Thunder. Like you would do anything but sit down, open your ears, and take in the Ring of Thunder wherever you find your podcasts like you would find any other podcast in the Thunderverse or the ESO Network. You can now catch up on all your sexy wrestling with your sexy Thor on his hit new YouTube channel, Ring of Thunder. Just type Ring of Thunder in the search field. Look in the show notes. Find his links on Facebook. That's Ring of Thunder. Now on YouTube. 
I've probably watched Dune five times. And I've yeah. seen it on at least twice since we've seen it in the theater. <laughs> well, I, I just I just put it on, you know, and I'll just yeah. I watched Dune on uh, HBO Max, and kind of wish I saw it in IMAX. Oh, it, it was oof. it's vastly different in the theater. It's a vastly different show. I mean, just the the ambiance of the sound, you know, like it just vibrates and you know moves through you and you know when you're sitting and if you have a really good spot you know. yeah i'm glad we saw it in the theater yeah it was a good one to see i mostly focused on uh the hawkeye tv show coming out on the 24th and spider-man next month oh is uh there gonna be a new spider-man honey yes you've what? seen the preview with I dr have? strange <laughs> <laughs> come on now uh, okay we know this Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Zendaya's in it. You know, oh, yeah. that person, that, that girl, you didn't know uh, who okay. she was. So we're we're watching, you know, this is after we've seen Dune a couple times. And I'm like, I don't know why people are making a big fuss of this Zendaya chick. I, don't, I, know. <laughs> I, was like, I know. I was like, what the fuck have I see, even like, seen her who in? Who is she? Where has she even been in? Who I was is like, she even? life. Yeah. And, and then um, I guess I've seen her in what? What did we say she was in? Uh, she's been in the yeah, new Spider-Man she's been, movies. She's been in the new Spider-Man, but the, you know, then she she was like a side, you know, like a sidekick, not really a sidekick, but you know, like a not a main she's character. The MJ. Yeah, she was the MJ, but meh. I was about to say it's kind of two of the most important initials in the Spider Verse. <laughs> <laughs> For real, but you know, I was I. I wasn't blown away by her acting, you know, kind of thing. You know, she she didn't wow me like a Meryl Streep or something. Like, the way they were acting, oh, you know, like, people were talking about and doing like, oh, man, they, they showed us all these cl- clips and trailers with her everywhere, but we hardly even saw her. And I was like, yeah, because that's not the part of the fucking story that she'd be in. <laughs> so, uh, you know. It yeah. is what it is. Well, they split a they split it into two parts, is what they're saying. Book one, yeah. yes, they did two parts. Did you yeah. all already say that? Uh, we haven't, but you know, good job, good job, Dan. Way to come Thanks. in. Thanks. Well, Thanks. Kavika will never watch Euphoria probably, and I know that if she tried to watch it, she'd probably just get very angry. But she's so good in Euphoria, like amazing she's an amazing actress honey you just gotta you just gotta see her actually get to like act act what you doubt zendaya is that what i'm hearing (laughs) yes i I was just like who the fuck is she listen to beth beth knows best she usually does i do beth knows best in this situation i do i promise we are prodigy you want to know what i thought of it? <laughs> yeah absolutely i can already tell what you thought of it <laughs> um okay first you said it was trek adjacent i totally disagree oh. i think i think it's trek is not only on point but they're teasing us with some shit it takes place in the delta quadrant yet there's a oh tellerite and a yes. medusin mm-hmm. uh, that's og T-O-T-O-S, Star Trek. That's that's the silly Star Trek. 
there's that rock person, that rock kid is yeah. beta cannon, is a beta cannon alpha or beta quadrant race that is at the very least Federation aligned, if not Federation members. Now, the show takes place in the Delta Quadrant in a droid facilitated classic villain owned and operated manual meatbag bipedal labor uh, mine. It's a child work mine. Child work mine. Yeah. (laughs) I love a good child work mine. Oh, who doesn't? (laughs) Who doesn't? Okay. So this fucking ship, right? The prodigy. It's prodigy or what? What is it called? called? Prodigy. The 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 USS prototype. No, not prototype. Protostar, yeah. I was like, prototype. Prototype. Anyway, it it looks looks like a one-fifth version of Voyager. Because, I mean, it looks, to me, it looks quite a bit smaller than Voyager. So, okay. No, it is. Let's just Google USS Protostar. Let's look it up. (laughs) Um, You don't know how I felt about the show? How'd you feel? Okay. Well, I would be like, it's a kid show. Dismiss it out of hand. I don't plan on watching it anymore. It's a kid show. It's for kids, kids, and kids. It's a kid show. Why seven? Couldn't relate. If I tried to relate, if I tried to be like, well, my kids watch this. No, shit, no. I mean, my <laughs> daughter's 10. She <laughs> wouldn't have watched it kids. three years ago. She would have watched it and been like, no, this doesn't interest me. The main character, the hero, is a fucking Bart Simpson. He knows <laughs> intellectually he is the lowest of the group. Yeah. He's got a bunch of spunk, but holy shit. That's the trope as old as he, he's a Kirk. Flat boodle cartoons. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> no Kirk knew his shit. Kirk double knew his shit. It had to be implied more than shown a lot of times, but whatevs. Uh this kid is a straight up do the Bart man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Eat he my makes shorts. dumb fucking decisions. He has no business being in charge. And I'm a bitch. We've established that. Show's fucking lazy. The animation's rad. I dig the track. I love the track on the show. The bits, the pieces, the Janeway hologram. Uh, I don't like the fact that Janeway's like, well, I'm here to be Captain Janeway. Otherwise, you guys need to figure this out. I'll be sassy. Then I'll be drinking my coffee, and I'll guide you. But it's up to Bart fucking Simpson to sociopathically <laughs> get the people who are smarter than him to not be like, at least this guy is a coagulant, leads a cohesive agent that brings us together. They're like, oh, this fucking guy. Well, what do you know how to do, rock person? Well, this is what I know how to do, glowing gas in a robot. Well, fucking boom. Shit gets done. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. So, so okay, you wouldn't recommend kids, but so you're for not going to kids who would be more into Adventure Time or Steven Universe. No, regular okay, show. So that's a good. You're one. not going to watch <laughs> it just for the slivers of Trek, then. Ah, see, that's what dragged me back to. Uh, what's the other cartoon? lower decks? Lower decks. That's what made me go. <sighs> fucking season two. Let's see what's going on, and then got me to binge it. So. It remains to be seen. It's ever fluid. <laughs> See, always in motion is the future when it comes to me and my opinion of Trek. 
Okay, so just for comparison's sake, what was the TV rating for Clone Wars? Oh, it was TVPG. Wheatley was wrong. TVPG. Okay. Motherfuckers, until the fifth season, fourth season, people would be impaled every other episode by a lightsaber. As in, you're talking, and then (laughs) chestburster, lightsaber. Hey, kids. Friday nights, nine o'clock. Okay. The last season of broadcast was Saturday mornings, 8 p.m. But then that's a whole other tirade about how that show had no audience. Saturday mornings, 8 p.m. How does that work? 8 (laughs) a.m. I mean, 8 8 p.m. on the other side of the planet. TVPG, one step up from Y7, which is where Prodigy is at. It's a kid show. I don't know any kids that would look at that formula and... With the addition of Trek, that formula is tried and true. It works. I'm not trying to piss on anybody's WGA fucking guild membership. What I'm saying is that coupled with legit Trek, also with robots, whipping kids. I mean, whatevs. It doesn't feel right to me. But who fucking cares? Doesn't even fucking matter. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're not the demographic they're going for. No. And you know what? I, I doff my cap to that as well. I That's... Another point of respect I have for the show, they don't give a shit. Not only about these fucking boomers can't let go of everything, but (laughs) the TNG kids, you know, we're gatekeepers. They don't give a fuck about us either. And that's that's refreshing. And that's healthy. And I hope this show gets an entire generation interested in something that I want to give money to because I like it in my heart. In your soul. In my bones. In my in bones. A, in my plums. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcon's physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comics podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. Hey, everybody. I don't want to, uh, I'm sorry. What to do you say we, uh, let's wrap land things this. up? Yeah. Let's land this shit. So, in, out, our outro, uh, you know, we're ending this. <laughs> Crazy that uh, Clone Wars is the same uh, rating as Raw and SmackDown. TVPG. Is it, though? Yeah, it literally oh, is. Oh, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, 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 then cool. Yeah. If you smell what the Obi is cooking. That was weird, dude. That was a weird-ass thing to say. Stone Cold Ahsoka Tano. Oh, fuck, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dan. Kaviko, what? What's up? (laughs) So, where else can our listeners find you? Give such valuable insight. Where? Well, that would be Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast, tbsoolp.com, or tbsool slash podcast you can find us on all the internet providers out there uh mark mccray and i you should buy his book that it, it all comes from that 
Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, face, you know, at, at the real Dan Clink, at Dan underscore M underscore Clink, uh, Clinky Dan, Clinky Dan, yeah, <laughs> Clinky, Clinky Dan. Dan, Ned, yes. Do you have a social media presence? Is there anything you want people to type into their internet in order to connect with you, find you, be about I'm, you? I'm, I'm on Facebook. That's kind of it. It's not anything exciting. Um, I, I, I have an Instagram that I don't really keep up with much, but I will say, uh, I don't know when this will drop as the kids say, but, uh, we've got new episodes of Squidbillies airing now. This is the final season of that show. Um, and, um, I'm not sure what else is coming down the pike, but that's the big thing right now. That's what I was working on up until about a month ago. Very cool. Very cool. Adam, where can we fi- where where can we find more of your valuable insight? Oh uh, well, if you want a podcast of so many wrestling references, it literally is a wrestling podcast. Then it's fucking find- embarrassing! <laughs> it's embarrassing how many references. It's embarrassing that you can't do it as well. Mm. Hey man, we talked about sugar free candy inducing <laughs> butt drama. Yeah, which I still expect the title of this episode to be but drama, beauty dubs. Maybe in Italian or Portuguese. Okay, I mean, that works. Or if, like, in in numeric language. But anyway, yeah, uh, find me at the Ring of Thunder. I'll teach you real good about some wrestlings. And, you know, you can find me on socials, Ring of Thunder, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find Ring of Thunder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcasting networks now that I know what actual platforms Ring of Thunder actually is on. And if Ring of Thunder isn't on your podcasting platform of choice, let me know at ringofthunderpodcast at gmail.com and I'll try to get it on there when I have time. Contact your local cable provider and let them know that you want Ring of Thunder on your TV Same Ring of Thunder time, same Ring of Thunder channel. And look out for my new book eventually, The Best Monday Night Wars of Our Lives. (laughs) Mr. J.T. Wheatley, History of Comic Books Podcast. Where can we find you? You you can find me on uh, practically all podcasting platforms, uh, Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, and so forth. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Tumblr. And and my beautiful wife, Beth, where can we find you? At Oklahoma. Or if... I got to get back on my Twitch bullshit soon. I sort of I sort of was like guest starring on some other people's streams, but um yeah, twitch.tv/noklahoma. But Twitter at @noklahoma is uh, the place to be. Mark, today I posted my uh, best Saturdays of our lives t-shirts and I'm having a fire sale, you know. <laughs> my t-shirts are 12.95 with $2.50 shipping because they have to go. And we have all sizes. They come in blue and black. So I want people to know, uh, go to my website and order yourself a shirt along with a book. Yeah, I'm on my way. <laughs> Kavika, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at K to say rambles on, on Twitter. You can find me lurking in, uh, several podcasts and, you know, I, what are, what? I, 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 name one. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's like I my girlfriend in. lives in Canada. What the also, fuck? do you want to <laughs> say that for so many episodes? I'm calling you out. Also, do you want to spell a K to say again? Or oh, have oh, we already established this? I the previous we've episode. established it. We've established it. Anyways. Hey, Ned, thanks again for, for joining Thank us. I'm glad that we finally were able to, 
coordinate because yeah. I wanted Ned on the show for a while now. So I'm glad that, uh, you know, you were able to join that. us and talk comics and cartoons and have some laughs and just catch up. I've since... been talking along with you guys this whole time. You just couldn't hear me because I was in my car. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, that's people saying that's what the podcast is supposed to be. It's a conversation. Yes. And you as the listener are supposed to talk at your radio when listening to us. So I do. I do. Believe me. Damn. Thanks. I'm flattered. Honored. Validated. It's fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you know, Mark, um, I'm cool with just editing. If if Ned wants to go ahead and take over as your wingman on this whole Best Saturdays podcast, <laughs> I don't mind just being on payroll, being behind the scenes. That's cool. We love you, Ned. I appreciate it, guys. Y'all keep it sexy, beautiful, and classy. Yeah. We love you. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thunder Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop, starring Ned Hastings, Ven Perp, John Rasmussen, intro by C. Allen, Mark McRae, Kavika Allo, Adam Wedston, Jonathan Wheatley, Beth Allo, Dan Klink, and special guest star Kira Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Obi Beth Kenobi. Beth knows best. 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 I do. Beth knows best. 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 She usually does. Beth knows best. Beth knows best. Beth knows best. Listen to Beth. Beth knows best. 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 She usually does. I do. Listen to Beth. Beth knows best. 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 This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.